when you go watch a movie, particularly a film like James Bond or something where there's some action and it involves some type of government agency that is trying to hunt down the bad guy and things like that, that is probably one of the worst types of films that you and I can go watch. Why? Because before we even get into the theater, our perception of things has been predispositioned to that of an illusion. Now, what do I mean? So, you ever notice that when you go watch a movie like this, a James Bond film, or, you know, for example, the film Salt with Angelina Jolie, kind of films where there's former agents or government agents that are running away from something or fighting for the truth or something like this. Do you notice the way in which, regardless of the movie, all of these characters handle classified information? Now, what I mean by this is this. When we take a step back and we understand that classified information is just a group of humans trying to hide information from the rest of the world or from another vast majority of human beings, what we're going to realize is that the ones keeping it secret are no smarter than us, but because of this predisposition predictive programming that has mainly been harnessed through television and Hollywood, when we see things on the screen, uh, for example, classified files being handed around and things like this, whether it's a nonfiction movie or a fiction film, Everyone in their mind subconsciously or even consciously goes, oh shit, I mean, look, they're handling, handling classified information, even if it's a movie. And that is exactly what these types of people within the intelligence community and those within the elites want us to feel because it is a form of suppression through the use of deception of illusion of perception of our minds. Now, I know that might be a little bit confusing, but just bear with me. Now, before I start, I just want to give a quick shout out to Golden K. She's a fantastic singer. I recommend you guys check out her uh, her music on youtube just type in golden k you'll find it and she's a big uh, supporter of the show so thank you so very much now let's get into project rotunda what we need to understand about project rotunda is that there are intrinsically deep connections here that range from patents all the way to dummy companies front companies all the way to people like jeff bezos at amazon so let's jump right into it now what we first need to understand is what Blue Origin is. So according to Business Insider, Jeff Bezos unveiled how he and his company Blue Origin are going to lay the foundations for colonizing space. Now, he wants to do certain things, for example, where he can carry very large amounts of uh, inventory or things like this from Earth to the moon and so on and so forth. But that's not the point here. The point here is that this is a front organization that is being used to cover up the fact that things such as the films Elysium or Interstellar, where they have rotating ships in space that essentially are colonized for human civilizations are the real goal. Now, these are not just ships with anti-gravity propulsion and zero-point energy technologies. It's more than that. These ships will actually be living. Now, you might say, Dave, what do you mean by living? Well, what we need to understand here is that our minds are being pre-programmed in many different aspects already, as I'm sure everyone can understand. And for those who've seen the show uh, episodes in the past, you'll understand that that's what I'm trying to um have everyone understand right now when we take a step back what we're going to notice is that the sudden insurgence of geometry that is being harnessed within science and all of a sudden how in the last five to ten years scientists have been able to coincidentally find that geometrics and mathematics and physics particularly quantum computation is derived and is originating within that of natural plants, trees, and things like this, what we'll find here is that, particularly through the use of quantum computation, this is a natural form of communication between trees, plants, flowers, things like this. Now, this is what we would call literally the Earth. What if you can apply that to a ship? 
If you can harness that type of quantum information and be able to apply the same geometric symbolism that is originated from that within the plants on Earth, and I imagine other planets within the solar system or the galaxy as well or the universe, what if you can do that? And have a ship like this that is just for those who can afford it. Now, when I say elites, I'm not trying to fear monger. But at the same time, I'm going to be making some connections here that are really going to, I guess we could say, creep us out, so to speak. Now, the next thing we need to understand is, according to Slate.com, we need to understand the way in which patents work. So... Invention secrecy in the U.S. dates back to at least the 1930s, but it really took off in the 40s when the development of nuclear weapons shrouded in classification, or was shrouded in classification. It became official a policy in 1952 with the Invention Secrecy Act, which allows USPTO, United States Patent Office, to keep patents deemed detrimental to the national security on lockdown, end quote. Okay, now, the next thing it says here is that FAS has been dodging the patent secrecy system for three decades now, which is the Federation of Atomic Scientists. These were the same scientists that were part of Majestic 12, that had a hand in the Manhattan Project, which was the nuclear bomb and all that, end quote. So, what we then need to understand is that patents do, in fact, give us a message and give us a sign of what they're creating, but it is only a fraction of a percentage of what's really going on here. Now, the next thing we need to take a look at is we need to take a look at this patent that was filed by a company called Honeywell International Incorporated. Now, this patent was filed quite some time ago, back in 2005. However, it is called Spacecraft for Interplanetary Slash Lunar Travel. Now, here's the interesting thing. If you take a look at the blueprints, which I'm putting up on the screen right now for you guys on YouTube, you'll see this is not a traditional spacecraft. Yes, is it circular? Absolutely. But it seems to be much larger and a much more encompassing object. Now, the question then becomes, is this being built to surround Earth? which creates more forms of control technologically, spiritually, energetically, and in many other ways that we cannot understand through vibrations and things like this? Or is this something that is being made to not only surround Earth, but to surround other planets as well? The idea here is to essentially create a Saturn's ring around every single planet in which the United States wants to control. Not humans, the United States. There's a difference. Now, by nature, of course, you'll have Israel and their partners and the UK and things like this and countries like that, sorry, partnering with them in these types of situations but what we need to understand is that these are living machines and when i say machines it's only because i don't have a better word to describe it we could call it i don't want to use the word consciousness but it is the harnessing of quantum information that has been proven to be able to teleport across many different light years and travel very quickly and is also the form that is used to communicate amongst natural plants resources and things like this now when we take a look at the honeywell company all right. What we I'm just putting the picture up on the website for you guys right now or the picture of the website. Sorry. All we have to do is understand what they're about, which is space travel, interplanetary innovation and things like this. Right. OK. Nothing wrong with that. However, all you got to do is Google who invested in Honeywell. And according to CNN.com, this is something that I do have to say for as much as I don't like CNN, they did make this public. So it shows the major stock owner, stock owners and top 10 shareholders of Honeywell International. Now, let's take a look at who owns Honeywell International or who owns the majority of the shares because when you own the majority of the shares, you control most of the influence. Now, Vanguard Group Incorporated. 
SSGA Funds Management, BlackRock Fund Advisors, Capital Research and Management Corporation. Look, all you got to do is just once you see the Vanguard group, that's it. That tells you everything. Okay, I'm not going to jump into that even more, but here's what we do know as well. Vanguard is deeply invested and connected from by people such as Dick Cheney, George Soros, Jeff Bezos, and so on and so forth. Mark Zuckerberg uh, as well too. But what we also have to understand here is that these are not some elites twiddling their thumbs or, you know, twiddling their mustaches going, oh, look, we're going to destroy humans. It's not about that. It's much larger than that. The question then becomes, how do we perceive this to be that of a positive reaction or a negative reaction? Because at the end of the day, we need to take a step back and look at the bigger plan at play here. If a ship is being created that is essentially going to be alive. What does this mean? This changes the entire game because this essentially gives the elites a physical place in which they can go to or remain in and literally have control over the earth in many different ways. Because when you create a separate branch or arm of a planet that utilizes the same geometric and quantum computation, you are therefore indirectly connecting it. Therefore, it's kind of like a tree with a branch extended, but an extremely long branch, right? And so a tree has many different branches, but if you have that longest one, it has the longest reach. And this is exactly the plan here. Now, I'm not going to jump into the different vibrations, frequencies, and DEW weapons that could be used, but let's just put it this way. Things are being used right now that are so far out there, we would not believe it, but these patents are indicative or indicative rather of what this actually can do. And so what I want to take a look at next is anti-gravity patents. Now, this is according to nature.com, and I quote, the U.S. Patent Office has granted a patent on a design for an anti-gravity device, breaking its own resolution to, reje to reject inventions that clearly defy the laws of physics, end quote. This was done in November 9th, 2005. Excuse me. What does this tell you? The United States government, they break their rules all the time, absolutely. But would they not file these patents if they didn't have some type of even slightly functional device that would be able to create and control this? Right. Now, the next thing we need to also take a look at is we need to understand that this patent filed, a lot of people are assuming that this is the filing of a patent for a UFO, for example, the sightings that people see all the time. However, this is not the case. What people don't realize and what they don't look into is the specific measurements of these patents and how large it is meant to be. Most of these patents filed are larger than the diameter and size of Earth, geometrically and mathematically. Why is that the case? Everyone keeps assuming it's for UFOs, so nobody bothers to look at the measurements of it. A lot of the measurements for these things are not 40, 50 feet. They're in the millions of kilometers. So what does that tell you? Now, I'm not trying to fearmonger and say this is going to be a bad thing or this is a very terrible thing. But again, we need to understand that this could be harnessed as a way and as a hub of being able to essentially establish a controlling system that would be able to control multiple galaxies at once. Now, the next thing we need to understand is, you might say, Dave, that's a bold statement to control multiple galaxies at once. However, what we need to understand is that if we can harness the vibrations in which connect the magnetic fields of the different planets that surround our galaxy, particularly the one we live in, we can create in a certain way, I guess we could call a border fence or barrier or energetic wall, if you will, which has already been put up, by the way, by the Greys and the Nordics in order to help sustain the amount of life here on Earth and things like this, but they want to excel it further. Now, I don't know what the stance of the Nordics is on this, but what I do know is that too much technology, according to the Nordics, they warn, is no good. 
Now, this is ironic considering this is a race that is extremely advanced technologically. However, we would also have to understand that maybe they're trying to keep us down, suppress us, or they may in fact be warning us because they've made many mistakes along the course of their, their species timeline and lifeline that they understand what's going on. And so what we need to understand here, guys, is what we're looking at, which sounds very far out there, but what we need to understand is that we're looking at multiple different ships, living ships with consciousnesses, all right, because of the harnessing of the geometric unity and vibrations that is being harnessed and extracted from Earth. We need to look at this and we need to understand that this is what's going to surround Earth, Mars, the moon, other planets. Well, maybe not the moon. We'll get to that in a second. But other planets and also act as a form of a carrier ship and as a form of a living planet similar to that of interstellar. So what we're seeing here is not only a form of predictive programming that is being used and harnessed in many different ways, but through films such as Interstellar and Elysium and things like this, but what we're also seeing is the reality of this coming to life. This is not that difficult to do. If zero-point technology is available, then you would not need anything else to do this. Now, the next thing I want to discuss is I want to talk about the moon because a lot of people have said, well, the moon is uh, actually not even a planet. It's been artificially built because it's a base and things like this. Many people say that the closer you try to get to the moon when in space, the farther it is. It is just an, an illusion. We have to understand that the moon is something much more than that. It is more than spirituality. It is more than science. It is the ascension of the ability to vibrationally understand that the geometric frequencies that the earth is giving off can actually harness the distance between the two and allow it to be a living existential being. Now, that might, you might say, Dave, what the hell are you talking about there? Well, what we need to understand is that the moon, when we look at the composition of it, based on what NASA has found, on reports that they have slightly disclosed, but they haven't fully made an official announcement on, because again, they like to slide things and hide them under the covers, uh, so to speak, right? Is that the moon is unexplainably stable in the sense that it provides a sort of magnetic field that cannot be explained in the same way that earth can because what we can understand about earth is that it is a living geometric entity all right whether through it is through quantum computation that helps us understand this or nature in and of itself the moon however is a bit of a different story so there is an argument and a debate that it could in fact be a spaceship or something of the sort very similar to if i were to relate it to the death star in star wars just to give you guys a bit of a visualization of what this would be like now what I also want to talk about, too, is that when we take a step back and we look at these patents, what we're going to find is that a lot of these patents mention the harnessing of quantum computation. So if quantum computation was something that would is so neglectful, then why is it being discussed all the time so much? So scientists on the public domain who say that they cannot understand quantum computation to the extent in which they wish is not because that they don't want to. It's because that they don't want to cross that threshold of understanding the secrecy and the veil of things. This goes back to the very beginning of the episode where I talked about how it is all about perception and illusion because classification is literally just humans hiding something from another group of humans. Right. Whether it's, you know, a, a small group of humans hiding it from the rest or a big group hiding from a small group, vice versa. That's all it is. OK, so I want you guys to let me know what you think. There is so much more to delve into here. But what we need to also understand is that this is more than just a ship. This is living. This is not a joke. This is not a, something that is unrealistic. It is absolutely doable and absolutely possible. Now, the next thing I want to cover as well has to do with the fact that. Quantum computation is able to transfer consciousnesses 
not just information, but consciousnesses. So when we take a look, for example, at a lot of these 411 missing cases, and we see that humans are being kidnapped, abducted, disappearing, and things like this all of the time, we need to understand that ultimately what we're looking at here is the kidnapping of humans in order to help power this type of zero-point energy and gravitational uh, me mechanism and apparatus. Now, you might say, Dave, why would you need human beings to do this? Well, the reason why I'm bringing this up at the end of the episode, or the latter part, is because if YouTube were to preview this in the beginning, I would probably get this video removed. Again, adrenochrome. The gland of adrenochrome, according to many different whistleblowers, I'm not even going to bring up their names because I've mentioned them so many times before, powers zero-point energy. And it doesn't always necessarily give it infinite power, but enough of adrenochromic glands will. Okay? And so... We need to take a step back and understand that these ships that are being built are not just ships that are going to just travel through space. And if you have enough money, you can afford it. These are ships that are going to surround planets. And when they surround planets, they do many different things. They weaponize the planet. Maybe in a good way, it gives more natural resources to the planet, creates more biological and artificially created resources that could be harnessed for civilization, but it also protects the planet. But ultimately, we have no control over any type of DEW weapon, assuming down the road humans colonize other planets. And so this is the whole idea, because if they, if they cannot control us physically, they want to control us spiritually. But if they could do both then it would be even better. And if you look at the investors in some of these companies, I mean, it's very clear what's going on here. Now, I'm not saying it's for a bad thing or for a bad agenda, but at the same time, I'm not saying it's for a good agenda either because when we look at how many times the, these officials are able to dodge the United States Patent Office, we're going to see here that a lot of things that are patented are just leaks or drop seeding or drop feeding rather to what is to come. So I know this might not have been the most exciting episode in the world, but please let me know what you guys think, and we will catch you guys tomorrow. Thank you very much.